Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Spread set. Hurts by himself in the backfield. Threat to run and throw. Crouches down. He wants to run it. A cut out of the ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. A defensive score by Nick and he almost had two of those in Super Bowl 57, which is now in our rearview mirror, which means it is officially baseball season. Ah, isn't that wonderful news? Welcome into to Gwen and Chris, everybody. Happy Super Bowl the day after Monday. 2.01 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, together in our Odyssey Palace studios after the Chiefs beat the Eagles yesterday. 38-35 and one of the better Super Bowls ever played, but a very unsatisfying ending, unfortunately, after that. Uh, I, I don't even know if you can call it, Tony, a disputed penalty call on the Philadelphia Eagles. The cornerback himself, James Bradbury, said, yeah, I held him. So that kind of put an end to that discussion. End of story. My bad, my bad. Mike comes there on, it'll be my end bad. of story is what I was trying to sorry, say. Sorry, sorry. You know, somebody... Man, no, somebody, don't go down this route. Don't go down this route. <laughs> no, somebody tweeted out last week, and I don't, I'm sure you got it as well, Scraby. They said, over, under of one and a half. Yeah, <laughs> how many times Scraby screws up during the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did see that. You're already at one, and we are one minute into the proceedings today. I don't think that actually counts, though. What, not turning Tony's mic on? Yeah, it was I the, think that's kind of a big deal. I know my on button was on. No, his mic was on, but I, I my brain crossed wires and uh, forgot to put number five up. I think that's kind of a big deal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I got one. You got one. We'll see how long it takes for the other. Uh, no, it was, a, it was a great Super Bowl. I, I was really, you know, a, it was too bad because, you know, if they don't call that penalty, then the Chiefs kick the field goal. And then who knows where we go from there. I mean, the Eagles would have had a minute 40 left, and they would have had a, a timeout or two to play with. Uh, you know, people, I think, in general think they would have gone down for a tying field goal. I don't know. I think they would have gone down for a touchdown and probably won the game. I mean, I hate to say that that call may have determined the game, but the way the offenses were playing yesterday, Tony, it was possible. But, you know, look, the guy said he held him. I, he did. He grabbed his jersey, and that's a, that's a defensive holding penalty. So it was called, and the Chiefs took advantage of it to win the game 38-35. And I think it's just another it's another uh, check mark in the column of Patrick Mahomes is what it really is. Yeah. I mean, um 
just just you just go back to the beginning of the year. Um, not even the beginning. Go back to the off season where Kansas City decides, you know what, we're going to move Tyreek Hill. We're going to get some picks for him, um, and we think we have a good enough quarterback. We went out and signed. They went out and signed Juju Smith Schuster at the beginning of the year. They bring uh, uh, MC. Marquez Valdez Scantling. MVS. MVS. Yeah, he showed up big in the AFC Championship game. Right. And, you know, we still got, in their minds, we still got Travis Kelsey. We've we've got the line set up around him. And all Patrick Mahomes did was go out and win an MVP and win a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl MVP. So, yeah, I, I think this was just more we told you so from the Kansas City Chiefs and more proof that, Patrick Mahomes with Tom Brady officially retired. Is he though, Scraby? Well, yeah. Let's well, go back to Scraby. You're right. You know, he could always just get his paperwork oh, stop back. It. Stop it. Like I he said, can't. with Tom Brady officially retired, this is right now. This is uh, Patrick Mahomes' league. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes' league, and uh, if you if you want to win a Super Bowl championship in the next decade. You're going to have to find a way to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Doesn't mean they're going to win it every year, right? But the the path is going to go through the Chiefs. Uh, pretty obvious to me. Uh, you know their offensive line was absolutely incredible yesterday. They did not allow a single sack. They barely allowed Patrick Mahomes to get touched. The one time he did get touched, he got tackled on that one scramble, and you know came up limping, went to the sidelines wincing, and you thought, oh no, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win. The NFC Championship game against a fourth-string quarterback, yep. and they're going to win the Super Bowl against a backup quarterback, but Patrick Mahomes wouldn't let that happen. I mean, whatever they, whatever the rest of us have to deal with when it comes to injuries, it's kind of apparent that Patrick Mahomes doesn't deal with that. I mean, high ankle sprains are supposed to keep you out for a month or more. That was the injury that he suffered against Jacksonville. He finished that game. He played the entire AFC Championship game, and he played the entire Super Bowl after re-injuring it. I I, I, I don't know. I, I, whoever the Kansas City Chief doctors are, I want them. His game is now, and that's 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 the other thing that that we saw over the course of the season. It was a reminder in last night's game. His game has evolved so much. There might have been a time in the first. He's played six. He's oh, I'm say he's played five years. He's been in the league six. Yeah, I would say maybe in the first three years, a high ankle sprain might have been a bigger deal when he was always trying to push the ball down the field. We didn't I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember very many deep balls in this playoff run. It was just a surgeon with his tool. And he picked apart every defense, whether he had one ankle or two ankles or a half an ankle. <laughs> he All he did was go out and just pick these defenses apart. And the last two defenses he went through, pretty darn good. Pretty good, yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles, if they're gonna if they're gonna rue something, and I know some of their fans are gonna rue the penalty call, and that's fine. If if you're an Eagle fan and you wanna, you know, you wanna say that the whole season was cost on that penalty call, I you know, look, Nick Sirianni said it wasn't the case. There was a lot of other plays in that game. Here's the thing, Philadelphia, that they will have to take with them into the off season. It's that their great defense did not show up yesterday. No, it didn't. Whether it was Patrick Mahomes or whether it was Andy Reid or whether it was Eric Bieniemy, whatever the case was, Philadelphia is supposed to have one of the great defenses in the history of the NFL. They were comparing them to the 85 Bears. 
you can stop that comparison. You can stop any comparison to any great defense because no great defense gives up 38 points in a Super Bowl game. No great defense gives up three consecutive touchdown drives in the second half. And what would have been a fourth consecutive touchdown drive, except for the Chiefs themselves, stopped and kicked the field goal yeah. at the end. So, they, and that's the thing is that those defenses you named in the in this particular game, they showed up. And despite Philly's defense being really one of, if not the best defense this season, in the biggest game of the season, they did not show up. No, they couldn't come up with a single play. I can't remember a single play that the Eagles' defense made in that game yesterday. They obviously didn't have any sacks. They didn't force any turnovers. I don't remember them tipping a ball. I don't mm-hmm. remember them knocking, knocking down, down a ball. Yep, no. I don't remember them forcing a phone. No, uh, well, I, mean, I take it back. In the fourth quarter, uh, Gardner Johnson, the safety, came up and laid the wood Ooh, to Isaiah Pacheco. Yes, he did. Pacheco. Yes, he did. Remember that? And that caused a timeout, for heaven's sakes. He drilled him. His chest was compacted. Yeah, right that, was, that was quite the hit. But that's about so I think I'm it. bleeding in my chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Pacheco got up and you know carried the ball again. I, yeah, he I, did. That's incredible. He did. But, yeah, the Eagles' defense, if you want to say lost the game, I don't really think either team lost that game. No, I think both no, teams I played really well, and uh, offense is dominated, and that's the way the NFL wants it and has it this day, uh, in this day and age. Going back to Patrick Mahomes and talking about him being a surgeon, Tony, he only had two completions over 20 yards in the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl combined. He had one throw for 29 yards, Yards to Valdez Scantling in the AFC Championship game, and if I recall, that was a catch and run. Yeah, it was. And he had a 22-yarder to Kelsey yesterday, which I think was the touchdown early in the game. That's it. I mean, he everything as you said was just surgeon-like, underneath crossing routes, didn't go deep, didn't force the ball down the field, and I, this guy. Joe Burrow was creeping up on his heels heading into the AFC Championship game, but separation how quickly does to... that change? <laughs> yeah, separation that changes very quickly. Mahomes is the guy; he's the guy you're going to have to beat. Uh, the Eagles' defense also fell for the same play twice, and they it was just on opposite sides. The uh, the the, the two option quarter touchdowns were both the same. Yeah, play. yeah it was, it was, opposite yeah. sides option. They break out hard like they're going to come, and they stop on the dime. Turn fade around. out the back door. Ca- the defender's caught in the middle. And in both situations, both corners, I don't know if they didn't see the wide receiver stop, but they were nowhere they to be found. With it. They nowhere were nowhere near, to be yeah. found. Those were the easiest touchdowns you'll ever get in a Super Bowl, one for Kadarius Toney and the other for Sky Moore. Uh, they, 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 that was pretty surprising. Uh, that You know, again, you know, you look at Andy Reid, you look at Eric Bieniemy. I mean, these guys obviously saw something on film and said, we can take advantage yeah, of this down did. on the goal line. Yeah, they did. Because they like to pass off receivers that go in motion on the goal. I mean, that's the kind of work that these guys do. And I, I you know what? Let's just take this moment to, to get this out of the way. The Indianapolis Colts are said right now to be zeroing in on Shane Steicher for their next head coach. Steichen. Steichen, thank you, Scraby. Shane Steichen is their next head coach. Who's that? He's the offensive yeah. coordinator for the team that lost the Super yes, Bowl the yesterday. Okay. Yes. okay. The He's offensive the coordinator top. for yeah. the team that won the Super Bowl yesterday still doesn't have a job. Crickets. It's it's just absolutely mind-boggling 
that nobody wants to hire Eric Bieniemy as a head coach, and I, it's got to be race related at this point. I, I I don't know what else you can put it on, but Steichen is a nice coach. He lost the game yesterday. How about the guy who won it? Tony and I were Why would you not want to zero in on him for your next head coach? Tony and I were talking about it last week that there's news um, um, Eric Bieniemy may go lateral and go to the Ravens as an offensive coordinator or another team just to get out of the shadow of Andy Reid. Well, Reed. that's the thing is I, I made that point last week that and Andy Reid almost confirmed it. I don't know if he meant when he said if Eric Bieniemy takes a job, he hopes that he's running the show. I don't know if that means – running the show offensively, like the whole thing, or if that means as a head coach. But certainly um, Eric Bieniemy, from a from a credential standpoint, um, is deserving of a head coaching job. Somebody's got to give this guy an opportunity to be a head coach. There's no guarantee that he'll be a great head coach, but he deserves a shot to be a great, you know, to be a head coach in the league. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we haven't talked too much about him yet. Terrific. He played a, spectac- a spectacular game. I don't know that he could have done much better. 304 yards passing, 70 yards and three touchdowns rushing. I mean, that's that's about all you can ask for. I know that he fumbled the one that we played in the open and uh, got returned for a touchdown. That was a shocking play, and as it turned out, maybe that was the difference in the game because there was very few punts. Both teams, I think, punted only twice. That was the only turnover of the game. Maybe that was the difference. But Jalen Hurts was uh, really, really good in this game. He put some balls right on the money. Uh, the one to A.J. Brown for a touchdown was spectacular. Um, look, this guy uh, proved that he can get it done on the highest level, too. So he's got nothing to hang his head about today. No, he, he's he's put himself in that upper echelon class as well with his performance, not only in the Super Bowl, but everything leading up. And quite frankly, he hadn't thrown the ball well since – um, he hurt the shoulder. That didn't seem to be an issue at all. He dropped two dimes uh, to A.J. Brown in that game. Uh, I think he slipped on that last play of the game where the ball ended up kind of just dying on him. Yeah, that him. was kind of weird. And yeah. there was a lot of slipping going on in that game, and you heard a lot of complaints on both sides. But I, I think that's the one thing that gets overshadowed by Patrick Mahomes' performance is that Jalen Hurts, remember, he was in a prove-it year. They basically went out. They told him, we are unsure about you being our franchise quarterback. So we're going to go out there and get you some weapons. You're going to have a year to prove it. And I, you walk away after hearing you know, everything that his teammates have said about him, everything his head coach has said about him. I mean, the owner basically said, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm, he's going to have to come out of pocket in order to pay Mr. Hurts. But uh, I thought he performed as good as a losing quarterback in a Super Bowl could possibly perform. He was terrific yesterday. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. I mean, they scored thirty-five points. That's the record for a losing team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, Kansas City wins it, thirty-eight, thirty-five. Their second championship in the last four years. Their third Super Bowl overall, and uh, it was a terrific game. We'll talk plenty more about the Super Bowl as we go along today. I do want to ask you guys about the one thing that drove me crazy in that game yesterday. We'll get into that in a little while, but there was one play that we saw run about a half dozen times in that game yesterday and I hated it every single time. <laughs> Wait, you mean like they ran it multiple times or ran we, the we same saw play, it multiple we, times? They ran the same play a half dozen times in that game. I'll tell you what it was when we come back. We'll also kick around 
the Super Bowl halftime with Rihanna. We'll kick around some of the TV commercials. Rihanna. Who's Rihanna? Rihanna's related to Rihanna. I heard she was spectacular. Rihanna's related to Rihanna. Rihanna is the old man, get off my lawn, nerd version of the actual name. Sorry about that. Did I? Can you tell I took the dog for a walk at halftime like I usually do? You know, I would have, but... That's what I did. I didn't, and I yeah, watched it. I did. I saw fellow dog walkers at halftime yesterday, but uh, we'll kick that around, some of the TV commercials and the rest. And as we said, it is officially baseball season. Bob Melvin has been heard from We'll talk about that as well. Gwen and Chris underway for a Super Bowl Monday, 2.16 the time. We'll take a quick timeout, come right back to the Odyssey Palace Studios in just a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 222, kicking a week off after uh, a pretty exciting Super Bowl. Kansas City gets their second in what, four years? Yeah. Second in four years. Yeah, beat the 49ers in the other one. They yes, did. they did. Came back to beat the 49ers. <laughs> yes, they did. I think the 49ers had the ball with like eight minutes to go in the fourth. Up 10. Up 10. Yeah, yeah. The game was over as far as everybody was concerned, but uh, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he was, turned that game around. Can you imagine he if he lost that one? He didn't. And then he lost the next one. I can't imagine it, actually. He would be one and two in Super Bowls right yeah, now. But the 49ers, we wouldn't be talking about him the same. The 49ers no. blew it. What can you say? Well, they blew it. So I mean, just think if Jimmy Garoppolo had, had won his, he, we might not be talking about him the same way. If you didn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy, <laughs> oh, <stop laughs> the game is over. Uh, Chris, you you need to pay this off. You talk about a play. i got to tell you, this drove me crazy yesterday, and then we'll get into some Bob Melvin stuff from Peoria. They need to either outlaw this. I know where you're going now. In the NFL, or every other team just needs to do it. Yeah. And forevermore, third and one and fourth and one is not interesting. Yep. And that is the Jalen Hurts quarterback sneak with three guys pushing him. They have a cheat code, though. Because cheating. Because Kelsey in the center is pretty much an immovable object. So if he, he is, first of all, for his size. He is extremely athletic. So, so you're saying he, that not a, not every team could pull this no, off? No, not every team can pull it off. All right, Kelsey. He first of all he gets lower than everybody every time. I know, and it's like he just buries himself. 
down into the ground. But uh, but if but as good as he is on that sneak play that they ran yesterday, Jalen Hurts was stopped two or three times, and then Gainwell or A.J. Brown, whoever it was behind him, just pushed him forward in the pile, and he picked up the first down. I, look, I credit the Eagles because they have discovered something that absolutely is almost infallible, and every other team ought to be using this play. But unfortunately, third and one is usually a very dramatic play. The Eagles took all the drama out of that. Yeah. That's yeah. what bothered me about they, it. They, I agree. They have, I'm convinced they got a cheat code, and that's why it works. I, I, I can't believe that no one else has thought of pushing a quarterback from I mean, the, the back. Chiefs looked like they were like an old-time team when they had third and one, and they did a regular handoff. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, just do that thing with the push. They know play. they don't have a Kelsey in the yeah. middle of it like that. Right. But Well, we'll see if other either, either – we'll see where that goes. Yeah. But I will be surprised if next year you don't see either every team do that or the NFL changes the rule on pushing a quarterback forward. You're going to start seeing the injured list with a bunch of centers with back problems. <laughs> They're all trying to, try to bury themselves into the ground. That like that. Me, I mean, that's a really a weapon. It is. I mean, the Eagles know that on fourth and one, they could even go for it at their own 10-yard line. They know they're going to make it. And that's the thing. Is, is that play worked so well this season for them? They can now set up like they're going to do that, and then have Hurts just run I off the side. I was almost <laughs> waiting for that yesterday, and they didn't do it. But anyway, that was my that was my bugaboo yesterday. Yeah, with the ending of um, of Super Bowl, it really, really means that yes, basketball has is left to finish, and baseball eh. to start. Yeah, right? some of us will pay attention to that, but it's all baseball now. It's all baseball. It's not all baseball. Stop. Mostly it's, baseball. It's, it's, it's all it, it, baseball, baseball. Baseball hasn't even started yet. So, ultimately, baseball season. Lakers aren't in the playoffs. It's all baseball. Hey, easy, easy. <laughs> baseball season has now officially come upon us, and Bob Melvin already meeting with the scrum. Uh, he spoke with the media yesterday, and a uh, few things. First, we'll talk about his expectation, player's expectation, is that something that he needs to manage? Because we know the city is on fire for this team right now, but the players and their expectation, does he need to manage it? Or is there enough veterans in that locker room that he doesn't need to worry about it? You know, you have to embrace it, and it's going to be there regardless. And I think you have to understand that that's the position we put ourselves in. So that's a good thing, right? Um, but and then it's, it's back to the day-to-day you know, you have you have long-term goals, you have short-term goals, and then you insulate in the day-to-day portion of it and just try to go out there and win a ball game or win a day, win a, a workout, you know, and try to get better as you go along. But I think everybody here understands what the expectations are. Yeah. Where was Bob Melvin doing that? Uh, on a lift? He was on the loading dock. See, He's this on the is, loading dock. This is, these are the sounds of early spring training. I see. I see. Stuff still loading off the team trucks okay. and getting it all situated. Uh, you'll probably hear that for the next couple of days, and then you'll start getting away from uh, you'll the, hear the, the forklift. sounds of balls yeah. popping into mitts <laughs> right. instead. You start hearing the real sounds yeah. of baseball. But, Chris, I mean, expectations are something that um, – They have, to be, wor- they they, have they, to be dealt with. They really do have to be dealt with, right? Yeah, they I mean, do. This is, uh, this is uncharted territory, I think, even for the guys – 
um, in that locker room, right? Yeah, I don't... and we talk about it a lot in the – we talk about it mostly in the NFL because there's only 16, 17 games. But a lot of teams can win when other teams aren't preparing right, for them. right. They don't right. give you, you you know, when when you're not getting the other team's best shot every single night, a lot of times teams can sneak through. And you see teams come out of nowhere in the NFL, they go from like four wins to like eight or nine wins, right, right. and then everybody thinks the next they're year they're going to take, take that another big step. jump, yeah, no. and it doesn't happen. So that is something the Potters going to have to deal with. They're going to get everybody's best shot, you know, most nights. It's baseball, it's a little different than a gearing up for a football game. But, yeah, the teams aren't going to overlook the Padres. Yeah, and, I, but I don't think they overlooked them last year either. Yeah, so. but, but there's a difference, right? Because the year before, there was a ton of expectation for the Padres coming out of that pandemic season, right? That's and, true. And, and, and there they was, didn't do well with And there it. was a lot of noise coming from the Padres. They didn't do well. And they didn't do well. The difference was last year, there was less noise. It was, it was Bo Mel kind of coming in, kind of setting the tone for what he expected – and they just went out and played. And I think that is the learning lesson, right, is that there can be expectations. Those are fine. You embrace those expectations. But there is still a workmanlike attitude that you got to take towards it, and I think that will help this club. Going through what they went through last year, I think that's where this comes in handy. The other thing that's going to help them this year they just got a better team. They do. <laughs> than they, they did do. two years ago. They do. They have so Certainly many good offensively they got a better team. for them to, 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 to not be great. Yeah. But, no, I agree with you. Expectations are going to be there, and other teams are going to gear up to play the Padres, so they're going to have to be ready. Bo Mel was also asked about the importance of establishing depth uh, of their pitching, not just at the big league level, but throughout the entire organization, including the minor leagues, also uh, wanted to hear something on Adrian Mortehone and his possible innings limitation. Yeah, that, that's a huge part of it, you know, and, and you expect guys to, you know, come out of the pack and, and win jobs. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a different thing. So whether it's a long roll, whether it's another starting spot, whether it's a st- spot in the bullpen that you can have guys with options that you can flip back and forth we do have some guys that we're probably going to have some innings limitations you know guys like Morahone so all those things have to be taken into consideration you know spring training is a time for competition and that's going to be interesting for Bob Melvin but I think most of the competition is going to be for backup roles yeah I don't see Jake Cronenworth having to hold off somebody to be in the starting lineup in fact, I don't see anybody in the starting lineup having to hold no. off somebody Think the lineup to stay is in the, the lineup. starting lineup. Unless, <laughs> unless Luis Camposano just goes crazy in spring training that could and alter takes some the things. number one spot from, from Austin Nola. But I, I wouldn't even expect that. I, I would think Nola's going to be your starter you know, on opening day, at least. And hopefully Camposano goes crazy and does great and, and puts some pressure on that. But... There will be some some competition at the back end of the rotation. I, I I'm not 100 agree. I'm not 100 percent locked in on Seth Lugo. He was a reliever last year for the Mets, and you know he's a good reliever. But you know you're saying he's going to be your number five starter. I don't know. Is that automatic, or does Adrian Mortehone have something to say about it? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Four, five, or f- five at the very least. There'll mm-hmm. be. Some competition for I'm sure there may be and bullpen. Spots. I was about to say there's sure two or one or two bullpen spots that are going to be up for grabs in the catching area. Listen, I just I think the Padres view that position as you know there isn't an everyday guy. I think they want to keep both guys fresh 
uh, throughout the season as much as they can. They were able to accomplish that because last year, because Jorge Alfaro played so well, it allowed them to have the really almost perfect split between uh, those two catchers until Capusano came in and later in the season. So yeah, I think for for the most part, the position players they're set. The, there ain't too much maneuvering that's going to happen there. I think the roles are pretty much set as well. But um, certainly, um, when Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back, that could all change a little bit. And Bob Melvin was asked about what he expects from Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, for his spring training workload to what it looks like for him after rehabbing for multiple surgeries. Yeah, I, at this point, still a little bit limited, but I, I you know, it's, I'm going to take the direction of the, the training staff. We'll have meetings here in the next few days. We don't have position players, you know, on the field yet, so it's just part of his, his rehab process right now that he's been going through the last, I don't know, couple of weeks since he's he's been cleared for activity. Um, so I'm not really sure what, what a full, full workload is going to look like yet. Yeah, so, I mean, Fernando, as he's as he's pretty much told everybody, he is close to being 100%. No need for him to be 100% yet because position players haven't reported. They still have, uh, what, another week week or so before they report? Yeah. Did, did you kind of like that when you were a position player, knowing yes. all your other teammates? <laughs> yes. yes. He says yes without even I'm thinking. Glad I got it. You weren't <laughs> chomping at the bit to get to spring training? A few no. days early, come rolling in early. Early, early in the career, I was, but early the in end, the career, yeah. Yeah. you're taking Later, every like, minute. Man, Later good. in the career, not so much. I always, if, for just you know, I always it's a long enough season. Yeah, no, it is. I, I always arrived about a week earlier than I was supposed to, regardless of you know what the actual date was. A week is good because you know you get allowed to get there, get yourself situated wherever you're staying, um, kind of get the get into the flow of things. The worst thing that you can do is show up like a day or two before, at least from my standpoint, and then trying to get acclimated when, you know, everybody else is. I always like to get there a little bit early and kind of um, ease into it, if you will. So, all right. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to break. Yeah. It's a good idea. <laughs> when, we come, when we come back, <laughs> Matt Snyder. CBS. We can go through the break if you want. <laughs> no, I don't think we should. Matt Snyder joins us next. CBS Sports. We'll talk a little baseball. Uh, talk about his projections as well. More Gwen and Chris. Previously on the John Cantera Show. We'll have to wait and see what goes on with Machado and Soto. I mean, if they're able to sign both Manny, you know, re-up Manny long-term deal with big money and and bring in Soto for a long-term, I mean, I'm really serious. I really believe Mr. Seidler uh, has money trees in his backyard. I mean, what the what he is doing right now is amazing. Listen to the John Cantera Show weekdays from 10 to 2 on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. That is keyboards. There. No argument. No argument. No all. argument. Nope. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Mr. Scraby along as well. Let's get right to it. Joining us on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline this segment, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. 
All of us in San Diego, happy to put the NFL season in our rearview mirror and look ahead to what should be an amazing baseball season. Matt, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. I'm great. Uh, you know, I, I was rooting for the Eagles, but, you know, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I'm not heartbroken or anything. And, hey, it's good to turn the page and get right into spring training. Let's go. Let's go. How excited – well, I know how excited we should be, but how excited do you think we will be as this season plays along here in San Diego? Do you – Do you? I mean, you got to buy the hype. The question is, can the Padres Absolutely. live up to the hype, right? That's always the difficult part, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, it can happen. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, it it's not that the, it, all, any turn, no turnaround is going to be parallel or anything, but we've seen it come to fruition with teams like the Cubs from 2015 to 2016, the Astros from their build in 2015 and 16 to 2017, um, and obviously the continuation of that. Uh, the Braves, when their turnaround happened around 2019, uh, so we've seen some teams live up to it, uh, but you know, I mean, throughout history is littered with teams who couldn't live up to it because the ultimate goal is absurdly hard, and we haven't had a repeat champion in baseball since the, what the turn of the century. So it just shows how hard it is to win the World Series, um, and obviously that's the ultimate goal with the Padres. I feel like uh, having gotten to the NLCS, just getting back there. You, you hate to say it, but it kind of would be a failure, wouldn't it, if they didn't even get back to the NLCS or even if they did just get to the NLCS. So you got to get to the World Series at least and then try to win it. So it's a, it's a battle, but they have the horses. They've got the talent. Yeah, it certainly feels like, especially going through FanFest, that it, it would be a letdown, anything besides getting to a World Series. We'll we'll see. Now, I know you've paid close attention to this team, Matt. Do you see or where do you see the weakness or weaknesses for the Padres going into spring training? Well, one of the, one of the things that was so good about the Dodgers throughout their run of, you know, the winning division pretty much every year, the year they didn't win it, they won 106 games, um, is they have so much organizational depth that, you know, they go into the season with like seven or eight starting pitchers or something like that. I, I feel like maybe the Padres don't have as much organizational depth. If you look right now at the in it back into the rotation, Martinez and Lugo, it, it, let's say neither one of them works out and they both have bad years. Kind of worrisome, at least in the regular season. I do think once you get to the playoffs, if you have Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell firing in all cylinders, not, probably not that big of a deal. But in the regular season, it could pose a bit of an issue, something like that. Um, but that's, pretty much all i've got man <laughs> they're pretty good everywhere else so and and here's the thing the top end talent is so good there's a distinct possibility that the organizational depth won't even be a concern so that's the thing is like a lot of teams you might say well you need more depth in the outfield or something like that but if you look at the padres and especially once tatis is off suspension which won't even be that long when you say man when you're starting with tatis soto machado and bogarts and then even looping in Cronenworth, it's like, man, they have so much top-end talent. I don't even think it matters if there's not that much depth. Matt Snyder's with us from CBSSports.com, uh, talking some baseball, talking about this upcoming Padres season. Matt, uh, you probably have followed Xander Bogarts a little more closely than the rest of us. American League, we don't see the Boston Red Sox too often. Tell us exactly kind of what the Padres are getting with Xander Bogarts and why he was the perfect fit and the perfect guy to get this offseason. 
Well, he's a he's a professional hitter. I mean, and it's I I I do wonder now with uh, the shift kind of going away. I mean, you can still kind of do some stuff, but it kind of goes away. I wonder about guys that don't strike out a ton and guys hit for a good batting average if they're going to be even bigger commodities than they were before. And you're talking about a guy who pretty much always was hovering around 300, if not over last year, 307 last year, 295 the year before that, 300, 309. I mean, you're getting a guy who's going to hit for average. And um, I don't know if we're ever going to see him hit 33 bombs again like he did in 2019. But even if, if he's around 15 like he did last season or 23 the year before, that's a pretty good stick to have right there when you've got the likes of Machado and Soto. And by the way, I think Soto's going to have a much better year this year than he did last year. Um, but yeah, it's, Bogarts, you're going to get a high average. Um, some of those doubles uh, that might have been the product of the Green Monster, I wonder if you, you know, some of those are going to be flyouts, but some of them might be home runs. Um, but he, he's, you, you're going to get batting average and not a ton of strikeouts is going to be the main thing offensively. Matt Snyder joins us here, CBSSports.com. Matt, Padres recently extended you Darvish, six years, $108 million. Uh, how did you see uh, this deal from your standpoint? <laughs> I That was kind of my first reaction as I laughed at the years, <laughs> kind of like I'm Bogarts, because you do feel like Preller is really guarding the, the, uh, the luxury tax situation there by giving them so many extra years. Um, where they're not necessarily even going to be counting on them to play. I mean, what's it? Darsh is like 36. Yeah, he's 36, so that takes him to through, through age 42. Um, he, he could still be productive. You never know. He knows how to pitch. But uh, I, the main thing for me was the years, and I, I think that Preller's really onto something here on we'll figure it out later for now. Let's you know, let's extend the years beyond where we even want the guys so it's not that much of a blow on the luxury tax. So I, it's kind of brilliant. Should the fans in San Diego not be worried about the extensions of Manny Machado and Juan Soto, Matt? I mean, we've, we, get, we get these phone calls and, and, and texts and emails all the time. People are, you know, what are we going to do in 2024? What are we going to do about these guys moving forward? Tony and I keep trying to tell everybody maybe we ought to focus on 2023 and just enjoy what the Padres have. Is that yeah. a possible distraction, though, for them? I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, Soto had to deal with the trade rumors all, all year last year, and that has to be a lot harder than worrying about an extension because he's going to get so much money. Nobody in his family is ever going to have to worry about money again. Uh, so I, I would think the trade possibilities would be a lot more effect on the psyche than a, than a contract extension, especially when you're as good as he is. And Machado, I mean, he already played through stuff like that, um, and he even got traded to the Dodgers, and he still had a big year that year. So I, I wouldn't worry about either one of those guys. They're pros. Um, I, I would I would focus, say it to the fans, I, just to go along with what you were saying. It, look, so much of our time as sports fans, I understand, is looking toward the future. Right. Uh, but when you have that team – this is what you've been looking for all those years. You, you know, I, I, I'm a Cubs fan. 2016 was what I was waiting for my entire <laughs> right, life. Right. And I, I didn't, I didn't care about 2017 or 18 or 19 during 2016 because that's what you wanted. The Padres are there. This is, this is the year that they should win the World Series. If I was a fan, I would say I don't care about 2024. Now, obviously, if you don't win the World Series, then now all of a sudden you have to care about it. But, man, 
enjoy the ride that's coming up because it really could be the one. And then who cares after that, man? You wanted the ride your whole life. Enjoy the ride. I couldn't agree more. Matt Snyder joins us. And, Matt, so many new faces, so many new rules coming into play. What are some of the things as we head into spring training that you're looking forward to most, some of the storylines, even maybe even some of the rules that are changing that you're looking to looking forward to most as we go into spring training? Um, I'm looking forward to the, the step-off rule, not allowing the pitchers to step off a million times. Hopefully it spurs more base stealing. I don't know if it will. I know a lot of the reason teams don't run nowadays is more to just it's not really worth the risk. So I don't know if it changes the calculus much, but between the bigger bases and not being able to step off so many times, I feel like maybe we'll see a little more running game. And, hey, action on the field's good. I mean, I love home runs as much as anybody, but one of the biggest problems in baseball is how much it has become walk, strikeout, and home run friendly. Yeah, no doubt. So, Anytime you can get something that's going to spur more action on the bases, I think that's a major plus. So that's the biggest thing for me is I, I want to see more running. I mean, stolen bases are fun. How about the pitch clock, Matt? I mean, we, we've been told that it's going to work. We've been told everybody's going to get used to it. How much yeah. fun are we going to have while everybody's getting used to it, though, <laughs> and complaining about it? <laughs> um, I that's hard to tell because you know once they get to the big leagues and i'm thinking about guys like justin verlander and max scherzer who haven't been in the minors forever and you become creatures of habit um i remember like stepping out of the box saying how much like adrian Beltre. you remember he would always accidentally step way out and say oh my bad and david ortiz complained about it and they're creatures of habit there might be a lot of complaints um, but I, I, in terms of watching the game, I went to a few minor league games after they put the pitch clock in just to see it, and you really stop noticing it pretty quick, maybe after the second or third inning, and you just start watching the game, and the, the, it's it's so much faster, or at least it feels like it, and I think that's the main thing is even if it doesn't shave that much time off the game, it needs to feel like it's moving and it's more exciting, and it, it kind of is tied to what I said about the stolen bases, like, a little more pep in the game is never going to hurt anything. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to the guys working faster. But, yeah, there might be some complaints. I, I've been thinking about, like, when they started checking the pitchers for the sticky stuff and, like, Sergio Romo, I think. <laughs> guys having full-on like, breakdowns. Took off his entire pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, there, might be some, there might be some temper tantrums over, like, when the clock starts and saying they don't have enough time. I don't know. But I feel like, it, yeah, it will adjust. Uh, it might be harder for the pitchers to adjust, but you know what? It's a game of adjustments anyway. Well, Matt, uh, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, we know you're in it for the long haul. It's going to be a hopefully a tremendous year, 2023, here in San Diego. We appreciate you kind of helping us kick it off, and uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> your involvement in this show. We always look forward to having you on, and we'll look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Hey, my pleasure. Take care. All right, there he goes, Matt Snyder from uh, CBS Sports. Uh, dot com on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. I also want to just kind of tell everybody out there, here's Matt Snyder. If you're like a lot of fans and you go on certain websites and certain places that cover baseball and you think, well, that's too much. It's too slanted to the Dodgers. It's too slanted to the Yankees. There's not enough love for the Padres. Start reading Matt Snyder on CBSSports.com. He's been in on the Padres for, for the last five years. Yeah. 
Uh, he loves what this franchise is doing, and he's not going to be a bandwagon media guy because he's been on this on this Padre thing for a while. So uh, check him out on CBSSports.com. Matt Snyder, excellent writer and a pretty good follower of the Padres out there. Um, you know, I was going to ask him about the Dodgers because we're, we're kind of just assuming the Padres are just going to blow through the Dodgers this year. And we better know. be a little careful yeah, about no. that because they're not going to just completely go away. Even Matt said, you know, when the Dodgers were dominating the division as, as in a past tense, Still going to take something to beat them out this year, isn't it, Tony? That, I mean, you can't just like assume we're going to win this division. I don't think there's any question. I, I think it is um, pure foolery if you <laughs> right? think yeah. that the Padres. And I'm not saying it can't happen, but if you think they're just going to run and hide with this to the division, title, yeah. I just you know that team. Although they've lost some players, if you just look at the roster that they have coming back. It's it's more than a formidable opponent in terms of uh, challenging for the division. I yes. very much expect the Dodgers to be in the division, pushing to win it. Now, I, I've said from the very beginning, since they, since they brought on Xander, and probably even before then, the Padres have the better roster, I think, from top to bottom. Um, but that does not mean that the Dodgers are sorry by any by yeah. any stretch of the, I know we've the, we've kind of forgotten about them and just leaving them on the side and uh, the side of the road there you know helpless with their suitcase in their hands but uh you know they still got a pretty good team and they still beat the Padres out by 22 games last year so I think let's you not said forget, this you got to make up a lot of ground say, in one year I think you said that the, uh, that would have to go down we have to check it but the biggest switch in Probably major league base twenty make up twenty two games from one year to the end to the next. Yeah, that's quite a few. So, and we'll see exactly how it all turns out. But it should be some kind of great baseball season. We of course will have our spring training coverage. I know that uh, Tony's obviously headed down uh, at the start of spring training. He'll be broadcasting the uh, spring training games with Jesse Agler. But uh, Scraby and I will be joining him in March. Tony can't wait. He loves when we show up at spring training. Start We're kind tugging of like, on his shirt. I don't know. Tony, can you take care of us? <laughs> I, I was just about to say, I don't know that this to be true, but I feel like he's kind of embarrassed when we're at the uh, facility. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's got it all going his way until we may, arrive. May, maybe maybe in year one, not in year five. Oh, you, you, okay. guys, you guys we're are okay pros now. at this now. You guys know how to You know how to conduct yourself. So when I walked in after you to get some breakfast yeah, the that first was, year? That was a little uh, oh, uncomfortable. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Just hey, assume hey. the food was for everybody. Wait, wait. He's not with me. I, I told him, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm with Tony Gwynn Jr. And they said, it doesn't matter. As much as they love Tony Gwynn Jr., when it comes to free food at spring training, they don't love him I'm that like, but much. But You're not getting anything. Over there has he's, a... he's not with me. You're not getting anything. You get nothing in like it, Scraby. Well, I did. Yes. All right. Uh, well, big fun in the Super Bowl, of course, is the betting angle. We put a wager on the... Uh, game yesterday. Uh, I think everybody who follows us knows how it turned out. It was very close, but we did not quite cash in. But what bets did cash in? Daily Gambit when Gwen and Chris comes back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 